second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the 81 All Out podcast. This is Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at Sidvi on Twitter. And I'm joined today by the regular crew. Joins me when we do the test reviews and series reviews. In this case, we'll be doing both a test review and a series review of sorts. So welcome Ashoka, Mahesh and Karthikeya. All of them on Twitter. Karthikeya writes a substack and occasionally rewrites pieces for ESPN Crick Info. All that will be linked in the show notes. Uh, so we are here to talk about uh, the final test of the series and also the uh, overall uh, picture that at the end of the series between India and Australia. India won the series 2-1 after drawing the test match in Ahmedabad. The fourth test ended in quite a, uh, what they call a team draw. Though there was something far more or less tame about much of the <laughs> match. Um, big picture is that India have now won four series in a row, I mean, against Australia. Uh, this is uh, quite, un- this is unprecedented and uh, quite an achievement, I would say, for this uh, bunch. Uh, the 2017 was a terrific series, very hard-fought, close series that they ended up winning. Then the two series in Australia, uh, both uh, extremely uh, competitive and uh, then here which uh, again I mean after going 2-0 up uh, ended up being quite a good series to watch I mean Australia came back well they won in Indore they did well in Ahmedabad so yeah four series in a row and uh, final test ended up being played on a pretty flat and slow pitch so didn't, didn't break at any point of time but uh, I think Let's start with some big picture thoughts. Um, Mahesh, you can begin. Yeah, I mean, we had to get, you know, when we were doing the predictions, we were, we were wondering if there will be one drawn test. But it was always bound to happen in India, especially when the pitch is like, uh, you know, there's so much pressure on, on the curators and so much talk about, uh, about you know, every pitch, every test match. Uh, there's so much noise. Uh, what do I'm you mean sur- what do you mean it was bound to happen? You're the guy who said 3-1 or something like that. No, no, no I said 3-love. I did, okay. I did get one um, sort of test prediction wrong. The other one was right. I did predict a draw. Okay, let's let's just get it out of the way. All of us got it wrong. Okay, now don't get into this picture of wait, only wait, 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 wait. I got it oh, wrong, what, you got what it wrong. All of, us, all of us. What all of us what all of us got it wrong? The three of us got the result right. India won. You are the one guy who said <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. The prediction. The prediction is the result and the score. It is not. You cannot get part points here. No. This is not some part marks. No. No step you points. Have to get, you have to get the basic result right. No. Who will win? Yeah. But uh, as a, a famous, as a wise man on this pod has often said, it's just a matter of luck. No. Just something here and there. Then things could have changed. So go for it. <laughs> that's not the. That's not. That's not the wise man's definition of luck. Uh, so one, that is bound to happen and, and typically like for instance, we do have this tendency of the moment you want to pitch that last five days. You're always running the risk of something that turns out like this. I mean, we saw this in Kanpur uh, against New Zealand. Even the England test, the uh, the Chennai test, you know, was, was, I wouldn't call that a result pitch, I mean, even though we got a result. Uh, so it is bound to happen. So I'm not entirely surprised that we got this. Uh, and the classic sort of 
all the talks about batting somehow completely disappear all of a sudden australia is not this portland team that shrikanth was calling it to be all of a sudden all these indian batsmen have found a way to play spin and you know have, have found a way to rediscover their their form and so on so you know it kind of reinforces the point that we've been making for a long time and i was very glad that rahul rahul made that point right and not just about the series in general rahul very specifically said that you're going through a period in which you know there is a lot of uh, incentive for all boards all the domestic sort of home boards to make result pitches and as a result you're you're finding it much harder to score runs and that's reflecting in in the records of of uh, some of these players uh i mean for for the coach of the indian national team to say that especially when there's so much talk about specific players and one of his ex team members went on a rant against kl rahul for instance uh, uh, on twitter uh you know i'm not i'm not going to argue about that particular case but in general it is true that we got to cut a lot more slack uh, for for poor record of these players in recent years and i was quite pleased that ravid came out and said it uh, in in the way that he said it as almost as a matter of fact rather than refuting sort of a criticism uh which it is always good to have this sort of flat pitch once in a while to to kind of clear all these misconceptions about about who a poor players of what and 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 so on right i mean uh, kd keeps talking about conditions and and bowling dictate the fortunes of batting a lot more than the individual greatest of batters and more importantly the individual sort of specific uh you know balls that they play in a particular innings it's a it's a series of things you know when dhoni says uh, it's a process uh you know we all bought into it and greg chapel said it's a process we all bought into it and, and that is what it is right i mean it is a, the, the process is yielding results and if conditions are hard conditions are hard for pretty much any great batsman so there should there should then be a differential right like like if you when we are talking about selection there should be like uh, over a period of time say a certain number of tests there should be like you are scoring like this much lower than Uh, the uh, the rest of the top six in the team or the rest of the top five in the team, and then that can be a case can be made that you are actually not scoring. Well. No, no, a case I can mean, be made. It's entirely possible. I mean, the same Rahul Dravid is the one who was part of the 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 sort of squad which decided not to pick KL Rahul and to go with uh, uh, Gill. You know, so there's nothing to argue against. They're always going to do it. but the case is not as emphatic as it's made out to be uh, one in the mainstream media uh, and you know i i am not i'm not going to go one way or the other i'm happy to have this conversation that somebody is performed below what they should have performed even in harder conditions and all that so i'm not as agnostic to it as as kd is uh, that's because he doesn't really care about batsmen it's people think that he defends rahul like he does it doesn't defend rahul he doesn't care about batsmen at large uh, i do care about them to some extent so i don't i'm not as agnostic about it as uh, as kd is but it is true that when you okay i'm not going to take a specific player but when you're talking in general about the fact that this generation of players are not as good against quality spin i mean you're talking a lot of ball you know like really bs right uh, which is not true the, the record doesn't show it in fact the record shows that these are exceptional players of spin uh, and all it requires is one deviation from uh, from the kind of pitches that we have seen and then runs start pouring down and in fact the other thing is the counter i would argue is that even on a wicket like that uh, both bowling teams uh, you know had so much control over the scoring i mean the the way ashwin bowled and the way the whole uh, indian bowling except for the fact that when they were bowling at the new ball uh, where, where i believe it was a conscious attempt to attack a little more and see if they can get something out of it they had so much control over the run flow even on a relatively easy wicket to sort of bat on and that speaks volumes right it is in fact i would argue that you know the kanpur test is still one of my favorite tests even though india did not sort of close it out uh, it's a it's one of those classic 
you know, wicket where we should have complained about the fact that it's not a result wicket. The fact that this Indian bowling attacks came within a wicket of a victory speaks volumes for for the sort of uh, level of skills that they operate at. And, uh, and some of it we could see even in this test. Yeah, Ashoka, um, big picture, India winning four series in a row. Great test, I can actually... This is, a, this is actually a great test match. I don't know why you call it boring. I have completely forgotten about the series after watching this test match. In fact, I completely <laughs> forgot about all my life. I mean, I went into a deep coma after. What the hell is this match, man? <laughs> Some guys are just rolling around like in a rickshaw to 400 and these guys are rolling in like bicycle to 570. It, this test match took like 45 years to get over. God, man. I was like praying. But uh, it's called test cricket for a reason, no? It's called test cricket, man. Not coma-inducing sport, no. It's, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I don't understand. First of all, the people who are in charge must have at least, you know, some inkling not to, not to run, I mean, get scared the first defeat. Uh, they should actually play to the home advantage and you know, give us a track where at least ball spins a bit. This track, I mean, oh my God, that was such a bad test, man. This is... Uh, the high point of this test, I I remember actually one thing that was uh, Handscomb getting bowled by Shami. That was the one moment of life in this test. The rest was all like trap. Shami, Shami bowled, I thought Shami bowled well and... Yeah. Throughout the test. Yeah, he yeah. was, especially on that first morning when uh, India actually slowed the run scoring to a crawl. Shami was fantastic on that on that pitch to bowl like that. I mean, he could have easily got two, two three more wickets on, in that, that, um, that first that is That is true of the last six years, whenever he has come to bowl. He could have got at least four more wickets every innings. So, yeah, so this was, a, this was a terrible, terrible test match. They should be actually erased from all records just for the pitch. So, so terrible test match means uh, you were not entertained enough. That is what you're saying, right? No, I was not alive. I mean, the my you life, not alive. My life force was leaving me as I was watching this test because I had to watch it because of this podcast. God damn it, I had to watch five days of this one. What the hell? Come on, I actually cheated. You. Yeah. You're just jealous that Chennai is not getting a test and uh, and uh, Modi Stadium is getting a test. Come on, just come say on, it. Come on, come on, Ashoka. It's it's very simple. Think logically, man. This is the biggest stadium in the world. Everything takes longer over here. My question is, when you have the biggest stadium in the world, why not have the longest test also? Like play ten day test. No, why play five day test? What is why why are what is stopping you from this wicket will not break, this? man. This wicket will not break if you even play on it for a century. This weekend, oh God. <laughs> At least fourth day, I was thinking something will happen. This, no, nothing happened. Then fifth day, I thought, okay, we have a 90-run lead. At least now, something will change. No, I, th- I think this is like, uh, this pitch must be laid out on every street in India, man. I mean, what do you mean? Have... What do you mean fourth day, nothing happened? Kohli made his first 100 in like 40 years or something. The first three tests were like all blockbuster. I mean, I loved all the test matches. I thought, I mean, these guys would be like brave enough to create a pitch with a little more life. We could have got that 3-1, you know. Then we had to wait for that Sri Lanka-New Zealand result. Actually, but you know what? I, I, the, the thing that entertained me during the Indian, India-Australia test match was the Sri Lanka-New Zealand test. 
I, that was far more entertaining. I mean, if Sri Lanka had managed to win there, it would have made this test match even more. I, I thought, we'd, would India play with a little more, you know? I don't know what they could have done in this pitch, what more they could have done, but it would have made things a little more interesting, a little more panicky. But no, nothing happened. So, I kind of, you know, slept through most of it. Which means, I, I mean, it is not much different from saying I watched almost all of it. Both are same, actually. Yeah, so that's a good memory to have. Ten years later, what were you doing when India and Australia were playing the final test of the series in 2023 and you were watching Sri Lanka New Zealand? That's that's yes. immediate yeah. memory yeah. to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's also it the memory a, of 2019 World Cup final, right? Like when people ask me, what were you doing? I was watching Federal lose. Wimbledon, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but the thing is, see, that Sri Lanka New Zealand, see, New Zealand have played like two extraordinary like uh, tests with extraordinary finishes right but you can't really set that as the bar you can't say that every test should be like that because the moment you start thinking like that then you're going you're going to be disappointed because every test cannot be like that and the reason why they are so considered so extraordinary is because they come around so rarely and the one run victories and this uh, last ball uh, victories and all come about so rarely and also as a pitch curator imagine like if you have to like be such a master to prepare a pitch that goes till the last ball on the fifth day, then what? I mean, then you'll be like, uh, you know, you'll be like a Nobel Prize level uh, geologist or something, right? Like, uh, you won't be preparing pitches. The Kanpur test is a classic thing, right? It could have been that, right? We could have had that one wicket in the last ball and that would have been the second wicket. So, I would say you rather err on the side of short tests. So, okay, if a match finishes in three days, it's fine. But you have a result and you have a... I mean, for all the criticism that the first three tests got, they were up, was absolutely absorbing cricket. I mean, there was no point in the first three tests where you could take your eyes off or as Ashoka says, you could uh, sleep or get into a uh, dream. So... You know, there it does. I mean, you can say anything you want about those pitches and how it's a lottery and how batting is so tough. With this, that it's not ideal test cricket and all. But come on, is this ideal test cricket? I mean, you you can't have it both ways. Okay, Kartikeya, uh, big picture. What big picture? I mean, the day one. What great the big picture, no? <laughs> Yeah, that's the big picture. But but uh, you know, you you can talk a bit about Australia and about how the first two tests gives the false impression that they are a pathetic team. Well, you have maintained for a long time that they are the best team to best Australian team to tour India. They are. That's true. It, that it's unpopular to say that it doesn't make it less true. It's still true. So they showed it. They are very very good players. Travis, all of the made runs. I mean, one thing I would not have put money on at the start of the series is that every Australian in that batting order from 1 to 7 got a score in the series except for Steve Smith. Uh, you know, which which I would not have guessed. Like, all the others got a, got a, at least one big score. You know, Hanscom got that 70. Uh, Green got a century. Uh, Kwacha got a lot of runs. Uh, actually, Labushin on the last day, he got a score. Uh, Travis Head got a score on the last day. Travis Head actually got other scores as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, Renshaw was the only one who didn't get a score. Renshaw, Warner and uh, Smith also spent quite a bit of time in the middle. He just didn't get the big score. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I think basically... I mean, if you want, if you want the sort of the, the capsule review of the series as to why India won to one, it's because 
Akshar Patel outgoed Mamma Kunaman. It's basically the difference. Isn't it also, can't it also be seen and, as Akshar Patel and uh, the rest of the lower order outbatted uh, some of well, the Australian lower order? Well, yeah, but that's also to do with, you know, India's fast bowling being better. That's the second reason in India. You know, you know I, because I, I don't know what the thing with uh, uh, Mitchell Stark was. You know, he looked like a shaky, you know, especially in the, in the fourth test. I'm not sure he's completely fit. He was hold saying... On, hold, hold on, hold on. How did you say that Akshar Patel outbowled Kunaman... When Akshar is averaging 62 and Kolaman is averaging 31 and he has thrice the amount of wickets control, that Akshar has. What control? You, you, bowl, you bowl 10 full tosses. You take three times the amount of wickets. Who cares? Your match ends quickly, no? Your, the opponent's innings ends quickly, no? Runs. The, what, the man? Kunaman uh, gave away 280 runs in 78 overs. Mm. Akhtar gave 186 in 86 overs. So what? He gave what? 94 runs more and he took 6 wickets more. Yeah. What? In in 8 overs less. Ah, uh, so? That's yeah, I don't understand how... I can understand what you're saying, Kartike, but I don't understand how you're pinning that as the difference between the two sides. Uh, what he means is even the fifth bowler had so much control. That's the thing. Even there is no yeah. bowler that you can hit. Basically, the, the, the story of the series, I think, was that you see, Australia basically came out and they, they, they knew that they had to face three, three, three spinners and none of the three spinners were going to give them anything. So they had to find a way to score runs against the three spinners. And in the first test, they really didn't have, they didn't do very well for whatever they tried. They tried every shot in the book. The second test, they decided to really go for it. Like they, 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 they really went for the sweep. And <laughs> you can see it in the figures. Like, uh, they scored very quickly in the second test act, but they also lost a lot of wickets the, to the sweep shot. So then after that, they basically shelved the sweep shot. And what that did is basically that whenever India bowled on the stumps, Australia basically was scoreless. You know, you look at the, you look at the figures for balls which are hitting the stumps from the spinners. And uh, I think Australia's scoring rate is about half of India's. You know, like Australia, I think in their first innings, Australia made 47 runs in about 50 overs worth of balls hitting the stumps in their first innings batting uh, here in, in, in uh, what is it, Ahmedabad. Ahmedabad. Yeah. Whereas India made 110 runs in about 48 overs of worth of balls hitting the stumps. You know, so that's, a, that's I mean, India generally... The, the, the other, that's the, that's the other difference you notice that, you know, India's batting is is much more merciless on offline, off-length stuff than Australia's batting. Uh, Australia's batsmen are much more watchful from the stumps. I mean, they, they, they seem to not have sort of the stroke range of India's batsmen when the ball is on the stumps. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Nathan Lyon got a lot of wickets that way, but, you know, I mean, that was a trade-off. I and mean, India did take more chances on balls before landing on the stumps. But basically, like, this is a, sort of the accumulation of sort of things which meant that India won 2-1. Uh, but, I mean, I think it was sort of deceptively uh, uh, close, you know. I mean, in the sense that that 
in the second test india were what 140 for 7 and australia were 263 so india were 120 behind and only three wickets in hand in the first innings and uh, yeah i mean a lot of the time if you play that test match from that point on australia probably win it a majority of the times so india did get out of jail on that one so i mean that that yeah, could so have been a i think aksar patel was the difference bat and ball yeah it would have been a it would have been a, it would have been it would have been interesting if india had lost that second test match and then lost the third test match to see what what pitch got prepared at at amdabad if if that was the case if that was the case and they prepared this uh, amdabad kind of wicket then it would have been the nagpur england series all yeah. over again where yeah. india are trying to win a test and you prepare this yeah, kind no, of but if they lost the second test the first of all the third test wicket wouldn't have been the same and two like you know if you argue that luck could have favored australia in second test it's equally true that luck could have favored india in third test so yeah. in fact i would argue that if you play the third test over 10 times it's extremely likely that india is going to win majority of the times yeah I mean that's true. Yeah, that's simply true. If you play any test match over and over again in India between these two teams, India is going to win it most of the more times than not. I mean, it has yeah, taken outlier result for for Australia to have a meaningful chance. I mean, see, it is it is not a it is not a coincidence, right? The level of the amount of depth that India has, both in batting and bowling. It's not a coincidence. One, in general, we've discussed this in the past. Home teams tend to have better depth both in batting and bowling when they're playing at home. and to this indian team is is particularly you know deeper on both fronts and akshar patel came out of nowhere you know you know jareja goes missing for a while and you want a replacement but what a replacement that they got you know one he bowls fast and he's so accurate he's relentless and he bats like a dream in bat in the top 6 he he's a top 6 batter man yeah so good when his form I, i i mean he's a good player but i think a Bit too much is made of his batting. I mean, I think he, people use him as a cudgel to beat up on the batsman a little bit. That's but that's always no, no. That's they've been that's using Ashwin and Jadeja for uh, for that for a while. Particularly Jadeja, his recent run of form. They've been using that against Kohli, against uh, Pujara, against uh, uh, Rahul, as as if you know Jadeja batting up the order could could replicate the same success. I mean, that's been going on for a while. I understand uh, your point about that, uh, but but leaving that aside. Uh, there is a certain reputation that let's say Ashwin and Jadeja come into a match with. I don't think Akshar had that reputation as a batter before the series, and it is you, you're not going to call him a bowler who could bat a bit anymore. You're going to call him an all-rounder after this, and that is a step up, right? No, and the other thing with Akshar is that uh, you know the the kind of his ability to hit that left-arm spinner, you know, through mid-wicket, that shot that he has, it's like you basically like he hits him out of the attack, and then. Then you have the other bowlers who are coming. That is that is great to have a player, a lefty who is able to swing like that towards the the lower order. That's the invaluable addition to the side. Yeah, but I mean, I think the Australians are uh, with a little bit of. I mean, look, let me put it this way, right? If if Australia had the kind of luck that India had in Australia in twenty twenty one, or when was it? Twenty 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 one. Yeah, yeah. The last time India went there, if in, if Australia had that kind of luck, they would have won. This. So you're saying if Australia had India's luck there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't think India played like uh, suboptimal at all here. Like I mean, there India were lucky, but Australia also were not uh, as. I don't think Australia in Australia as yeah, as strong I mean, as India in India is. But that's part of the luck. No, I mean you have like you know, Jadeja coming back from injury and like. 
going like a Rolls Royce, like all through the four tests without a breaking down at all. And I mean, what happened to Shreya Sayar could have happened to Jadeja and that would have been a huge problem for India. You know, uh, so, no, no, but India also didn't have Pant. India also didn't have Bumrah. I mean, I'm just, yeah, yeah, it's not like everything know, falling in place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean by luck. No? Australia, you know, Mitchell Stark breaks down with injury, this, that. I mean, they also were fortunate to get a 36 all out, which was an outlier. I, I'm not sure I'd buy into that. To be honest, okay, India were lucky. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, that level of luck alone can't make the difference. Uh, the, the Indian team here is far stronger than the Australian team at home. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the Indian team which won the, the, the fourth test and, the, and even actually the second test would probably not win those tests most of the time. So, I mean, it, it, you, you could have had two minority results here quite easily, especially on these pitches. You know, so I, I think that, you know, yeah, Sydney was a road, granted, but, you know. Yeah, and, still produce. I mean, it. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a difference in the roads also. I mean, uh, you know, this pitch for but, not only was it flat it was also hard to score it was not yeah. uh, easy to it, it was not as if uh, you know batsmen should, could just go in there and start uh, scoring it was it needed yeah, its own was, uh, but there was also challenge. i think i think it was also i mean especially when australia bowled uh, in india's first innings they basically bowled a very very negative line and length i mean they that that 27 field with the with the off spinner bowling around the wicket is is basically designed to shut the game down. No, it's not like it's not like they're bowling bowling to a two seven field with three catching men. They don't have three catching men. They have only one or two at the one catching man on the leg side. You know, so it was a restrictive line. It was they, they were sort of they, the the plan was to bowl dry and to frustrate India out, and it did happen. You know, because. I mean, it was it was a it was an obvious play, and you know, like all plays in Test cricket. India saw it coming and, you know, they were able to play it. One, one difference is that, I mean, the India have a lot of depth when they play in India. I mean, an unusual amount of depth. Uh, and that makes it really hard for opponents to compete, even when India are not playing that well. Because they have just a lot of options, you know. So, <coughs> because the, the, way, the way teams have to win in Test cricket is that, you know there are there are times during the during the innings when the ball is a certain age that it responds best on a certain pitch and you have to hope that during that time you get a lot of wickets you know and if you then if you don't get as many wickets as you want during that time then you have to hope that you know when it's less favorable for you you get something and that becomes very very hard when you know, India can throw like Akshar Patel or Ashwin or Jadeja at you and then, you know, or Shubman Gill and like seven, eight batsmen at you uh, and in all these phases of play. So, so at some point, Australia just ran out of players and India didn't run out of players. You know, that, 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 that's something that keeps happening in India. So, so in that sense, it is different because I don't think Australia <coughs> had <coughs> comparable like if you compare the, the structure of both the sides in the 2021 series, it was similar. I mean, Australia didn't have a deeper lineup than India because India made sure that they had a deeper lineup by playing like Washington Sundar and uh, Shardul Thakur and like guys who are not like Mohamed Siraj level pattern. 
you know in the lower order so they did sort of they did balance out their 11 nicely in that and australia couldn't do that here you know one of the features was that australia kept losing the last five wickets for very very few runs you know uh, even even here they were 480 all out uh, and and they had that really nice i think stand i think was it for the ninth wicket or uh, yeah murphy and uh, yeah uh, lion murphy batted well and lion yeah yeah but that was like pretty much their only real late order stand all series other than that they kept collapsing like the last five wickets of 15 20 runs regular no it's also like uh, the the batting right like you were i think you posted a thing uh, stat on the chat when we, during the match that uh, it's not like i mean usually in a test match in most uh, places i mean you score 400 in the first innings and you stand a good chance of winning that match Yeah. but uh, you had posted something about india since 2013 right and how yeah. that is not at all true yeah i mean look from 2000 to 2013 if visiting teams came to india and made 400 in the first innings of the match either batting first or second uh they were winning those matches you know they, i think they won seven and lost three of those matches during that time for first 13 years of this century since 2013 uh teams have done it eight times in india and they've lost four of those and drawn three and won only one which is uh uh england and chennai yeah yeah so yeah i mean so it's not easy beating this team even with like a you know good first inning score i mean this team will come back and then this test in fact they took the took like an 88 run 90 run lead i mean that's like good enough to win a test if uh, the, you have enough time Yeah, but that's. I think the the what that is a sign of is that this bowling attack is so good that if a team scores 400 against this bowling attack, then it's a surefire sign that the pitch is flat. You know, like, like this is not a bowling attack which is going to concede 400 on a 250 pitch. You know, that 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 that's what it. Especially at least in India, there's that uh, test, right? If uh, you guys will remember that Calcutta test against. Um, Uh, South Africa in 1996 when Klusner got wickets and Azhar scored that uh, uh, really blistering hundred. I mean South Africa, you know, in my memory it was like they batted first and they piled on some 600 or something, but they actually scored only 428 yeah. because uh, you know Prasad came back in the second day and got wickets and all. But 428 was enough for them to win by win big. I mean they yeah. won by 320 that test by 329 runs. So it's like a massive massive. Uh, Difference. I mean, here a team scores 480 and can't win. So, uh, uh, I, I was also thinking about this. I don't know how many teams in history can can boast of this level of depth in both batting and bowling. So, this Indian team at full strength, if you include Pant, for instance, you got about nine batsmen capable of scoring hundreds, and you got all five bowlers capable of taking five wicket rolls and ten wicket rolls, ten uh, wicket rolls in in a match. That is just incredible depth, and how are you going to? And the point is, so the argument that Kerry makes about the second test is very problematic for me because, you know, the depth is by design. So to be able to win a test, so many odds, you know, you need to overcome so many odds. Like it's so so much of uh, so much odds. It is not the same as India winning Australia. You know, Australia. Sure, Australia. India was extremely fortunate in Gabba, for instance. Uh, but I don't think the odds were as. as difficult for india and australia as it is for any visiting team to come here and win against this indian team no for instance i'm just looking at this series record 
For instance, Shami has gotten as much wicket as Punaman, man, and at a better average at a strike rate. And we yeah, and both played the same number of tests. Yeah, and, and that included five really fortunate wickets for Kunal. Right? I mean, in the sense that I mean, with all due respect, uh, he's not going to replicate that performance if he plays like. He, I don't days. think he's going to play another test. That's the first thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how? What are the chances? Right? See, if at all they pick two spinners, Murphy will probably get the get the second, the second spinner role. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, how I how mean, many tests is Kunal going to play? Yeah, and outside in outside India, outside the subcontinent, they will probably play Swepson as the second spinner. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, in in a place like England, if you get a spinning wicket, it makes sense to play the leg spinner. Yeah. No, the Not point. Wicket, the, 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 point re- yeah. the, re- the reason why I bring Shami is because because you know you bought the South Africa India test, no, where Prasad comes back. Yeah. And, yeah. Prasad. Yeah. Yeah. Here you have to face Ashwin Jadeja. You know, even an out of form Akshar Patel can hold you down and not give you runs. You have to face all of that, and then you have Shami. And then you have Umesh Yadav, who came that one morning and then took three wickets in like no time. I mean, it's and they made Siraj sit out for you know one test, this test. You know, it's 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 amazing, man. I mean, on top of that, we have found a leg spinning talent in Pujara. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, stiff that that is like a great future he has with his uh, leg breaks yeah so so yeah i mean no, no. how the hell how the hell are you going to score runs first of all for you to make 480 only you need you know divine intervention or some road like this pitch then you have to get 10 of these people out who can bat and score century man the the, the sad part is all of them are in their mid to you know mid 30s or early 30s that is the sad part which means that this is not going to last very long like another 2 years 3 years 4 years if if we are extremely lucky then it will be over so i think we have to you know just enjoy it while it lasts the next time australia come to india it will be quite a different team i mean i don't think uh, four or five of these players are going to last that long 2027 so, uh, i think so because yeah i don't yeah. i don't think uh, i mean i would not i would imagine like at least four players will be different compared to this this series unless unless we you know kidnap uh, jimmy anderson and learn how he you know what what animal's blood he's drinking to keep his youth if we learn the secret and feed it to our players i think we can No, I think I think Ashwin Ashwin can be uh, that equivalent Anderson equivalent for India. I think I can J- see him Jadeja playing. Jadeja also, no. Jadeja also, no. He's extremely fit. Yeah, I can see both of them playing, and that that's fair because Anderson. I mean, the he bo- the conditions in which he bowls at home that allows him to keep going uh, because it doesn't uh, necessarily take out as much out of him as say Cummins bowling in his conditions in Australia or. Uh, you know uh, rabada bowling i don't know i mean and when he goes compa- out when he goes outside of england he doesn't bowl as many overs as he should i mean if you look at all the flat tracks on which he bowled he he doesn't bowl like a significant chunk of the team's overs so main main thing is he doesn't play t20s or odis i mean that that frees up like 100 days in the calendar for him yeah but that mm-hmm. is probably true of ashwin too right yeah, okay he'll probably play ipl but he's not going to play much for india in odis and t20s so um Yeah, hopefully he can last because he's like bowling magnificently. I mean, I wanted to talk about that actually. Ashwin in the first innings and uh, 
for me it was i mean yes he got six wickets all that is that's all good in the thing but for me it was that session between lunch and tea right on the first day or even like little after the first hour on the first day when it was pretty clear that how the pitch was uh, going to play and how it was playing and and the kind of control and the restrictive uh, not not negative but how they were able to keep the runs down so well with the fields they were setting and the ball was just like not able to get past the infield very often and shami also bowled really well there was a time when shami and ashwin were bowling together but yeah it was just brilliant bowling uh, sure of both of them right both lion and ashwin are masters at both sort of keeping a check on the run scoring as well as still being penetrative enough to uh, to take a back full of wickets and we discussed this quite a few times right because they want their length is impeccable even when they are experimenting they rarely miss their length it's it's so rare and they bowl from round the wicket they bowl from over the wicket they they you know it's just i mean everything comes down to the fact that they are they are pretty much at the peak of their craft and they, they their accuracy is so good that they can rely on it that uh you know it's it's going to be a rare off day for both of them to concede runs when they're going for wickets and that and is how middle and leg has become like an attacking option man for them like yeah. uh, this uh, they, middle and leg is no longer a ne- defensive or negative option they are able to get wickets with that but to be fair even sakhlan used to do that but in the pre drs era which is actually even more significant uh, but i think post drs the fact that uh, umpires are more willing to give it out and the and as we mentioned about uh, lion in the last uh, episode I don't think there's been a greater, uh, more DR as a wear bowler that I've seen in my life. I mean, even if it's just like marginally pitching in line with the stumps, he's able to go for that review. You know, like something which would have looked ridiculous even 10 years back, even post DRS. Uh, he's going for them and the, the percentages are working in his favor, right? And and that is liberating the players to bowl from round the wicket. That's putting the fear of LBW in the mind of the batsmen when they are when they're facing bowlers from round the wicket. And it's also liberating the umpire. So the, it's a lot of changes happening to make it an attacking option and then you so, got the saklen saklen i have to uh, disagree because uh, when you he had that uh, those are yeah, going course. away yeah, yeah. so you have middle and leg you don't know which way the ball is spinning you're in trouble these no, no, guys but, don't have that much no 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 uh, while he had it while he had it he still had to rely on getting them out bold and beating the outside edge or getting the edge or whatever he didn't rely on everybody as much because the umpires were simply not going to give you know i mean of course he was a genius so he still uh, thought he could beat them on the outside edge uh, but these guys have both inside edge and outside edge at play from that angle which is just incredible of course it's you know it, it you you know when we talk about it, we often talk about drs because we take the primary skill of being accurate with both ashwin and lion for granted you know you remove that i don't think any other option uh, liberated by drs is going to do that i mean murphy tried it of course he was accurate he was able to like control the flow of runs but he was not going to take a back full of wickets bowling that line uh, you know as as ashwin and uh, lion do so eventually you can talk about the influence of drs all you want but we are watching two absolute masters at work and and absolute masters at their peak at work i don't know how long it's going to last but it's it's, it's just a great privilege to be watching cricket around this time the thing with uh, lion and ashwin is also that see the when we talk about uh, keeping the runs down right they are not 
it is not comparable to say keeping the runs down in a one day or in a t20 that is a totally different kind of bowling where you know you are trying to prevent the players from getting the big hit where you are preventing them from getting that elevation or getting the lift to go over the top this is a different kind of restriction where they are also trying to get wickets they are also trying to keep the runs down i mean this is remarkably uh, difficult to do and it's amazing how they are able to pull it up now but we are as observers we are sort of generally impervious to the any notion of skill you know? i mean there are people who think that for example you know if kohli gets out for 20 one day or 120 the other day then he played better when he made 120 uh, he didn't you know he played exactly the same you know the same skill the same batting you know on one day he survived longer that's the only difference you know, that that's not entirely in his hands you no know? uh but the thing is that that what is a skill i mean we can say skill 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 but what is the skill basically for a bowler the skill is having control over the land basically being able to land the ball exactly where the bowler wants to every time or as many times as possible out of all times you know so for example when 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 jadeja or 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 or, or lion are, or or ashwin are, are about to bowl they are less likely to miss their length than konam you know so that makes them more a little bit more skillful than konam you know similarly for a batsman it's it's how often the batsman misreads the length you know and if kohli reads the length better than a lesser batsman that's why he's great player you know pujara reads the length better than a lesser batsman that's why he's great player you know uh, same with steve smith same with labrishan and that's that's basically you know most of their skill is that thing, being able to read the length and being able to respond and for a bowler it's being able to deliver the length you know uh, then on the on the on the margins you have other things you know like some players choose to sweep and other players choose not to sweep and some players choose to reverse and some players choose not to hit against the spin and some players are prepared to hit against the spin those are minor things because those are, those things happen very very infrequently whereas this business of getting the length right and judging the length happens every single ball you know it's the thing which decides the game we are sort of the reason we take it for granted is that we don't even notice it we don't even acknowledge it you know, we we are we are of the view that uh, well some days these people turn up and other days they don't turn up that, that, that that's not how it works Yeah, yeah, but there is. But uh, if you get twenty, uh, if you get scores of less than fifty over a period of time for a period, then I think it's okay to like uh, sort of uh, at least ask the question. No, like you, you, yeah, but, you. But, why is he not scoring more than fifty? But then you, know, you have to be interested in the answer. No, if you ask, if you are really asking the question, who is interested in answering? Uh, yeah. So, no, so what? So what? I mean, for example, there's this whole one line of thought, you know. uh which says that you know oh these players have been batting on these turning tracks and these uneven wickets for so long that their their confidence is shot so what in this test match what the ma- confidence magically came back or what or maybe there was no confidence at all you know that confidence doesn't come into it you know no no but listen there are very various ways to spin this okay you can say that or you can say see the players have been playing on such challenging wickets that it has prepared them that whenever they get a flat wicket to do it yeah, so you can that, that is all uh, yeah, spinning yeah but if you but that that's not but that's not the same thing no i mean come on you're, uh, you that that's it that's like treating players one is treating players as completely capricious you know that there's no that they are just turning up one day and you could also turn up 
you know in the right weather on the right day you know against the right kind of bowling and make a test run no you can't you know you, you're not your judgment or length hello. is nowhere near hello hello speak for yourself <laughs> i still have hopes no no so this this reminds me of uh, of uh, kamal hasan's uh, great quote on on two of his films so you know the, the, he was going through a period of uh, you know uh, making some really great films and some experimental films which don't work so when he was asked about tevar magan and guna uh, he said tevar magan is is a successful guna and guna uh, is a is a failed tevar magan so that's essentially what what kadi is saying uh, a 20 is a failed 100 and a 100 is a successful 20 Uh, which is all fine but how are you going to talk about it? okay let's i i i get what you're talking what you're but saying i did no what i am talking on you know all this time no no you're talking about negating that but let's say for instance okay let's say let's forget all the existing uh, manner of observing cricket at the moment and the manner of expressing cricket at the moment let's just start from scratch build from scratch if you saw colleagues scoring 20 like previous game and scoring 100 this game Uh, sure i completely agree that he could have easily scored 100 last match if he didn't make if he if that one error, error didn't result in dismissal and you could have easily scored 20 in this innings if that one error resulted in a dismissal he couldn't so have scored easily you know in the last match it's the conditions also play a matter no no order no no i'm start yeah. i'm just taking two examples not necessarily the okay okay match. any pitch like starting from pitch. scratch right like yeah yeah but we got to talk about it right kohli played beautifully or he was unfortunate that he got out sure i i get the point that it was unfortunate that he made this mistake or no, not even unfortunate or, but that's not a but, but but what i mean whether he is fortunate or unfortunate or all is not a it's not a description of cricket no the description of cricket is what he actually did you know but that that you're saying is constant no if kohli is a great batsman he's got no, a method not, he's got a process but it's, but it's not constant no it, the skill is there all the time for you to see it's up to that's you what i'm saying kohli read the length early he played beautifully until he didn't yeah and or you know and he, or he's trying to step out today to this bowler but not to that other bowler no but that you are saying is a margin right if you are no, no, if no, you are but, but that's what that's actually happening in front of your eyes no those are choices he's making in front of your eyes whether they work or not is a separate question no no but that's a, that, that goes back to your sweeping argument that we saw like we were observing australians getting out to sweep but then you are saying okay you are you are getting deceived by the the result they were sweeping just as much earlier as a per, in terms of percentage no, but no, here no. the first sweep they were getting out yeah but in the first innings they, they did sweep and it did work no they made 263 no that's what i'm saying so if you are observing at the tactical level you are you are going to call it saying that's marginal right like for instance if ashwin okay no, i do no, have no, a fundamental no. problem of defining greatness as just accuracy or or consistency of length uh it is not just that right like i mean the in fact uh, but it's a necessary ingredient it is it is but that's that doesn't explain everything right like the how like there are other people it's entirely yeah, possible it turns out uh, that if you can do that you know and no no not me not me not me it's entirely possible like murphy for instance yeah uh, he's going to be pretty accurate bowler there's no doubt or between kumble and yeah. shame one it's entirely possible kumble was more accurate but that does not make him um, um, the more successful bowler because one had other things right and and in fact green no, like talks about it in on one right it's not about you know bowling in the right areas it's about how the ball comes into no, the right area i think you're confusing accuracy and control no control is being able to bowl it exactly where you want to every time right you know but and skill not not uh, so i was uh, you were trying to clarify the definition of skill and, but yeah but that is an that is a necessary part of skill no like there are bowlers you've seen that so many times so there are bowlers who you know you tell them you know who are, who you can see them trying to bowl accurately trying to hit a leg and they stop turning the ball hard you know they they just sort of put the ball there 
you know and it doesn't turn a lot and you know batsmen play it out easily whereas other bowlers are really really turning the ball hard and and landing it on the length and that really hits the bat eye uh, on the splice no that's what i'm saying so skill is a more broader definition because you're talking about but, all these things someone yeah, trying to spin hard are, not just having control yeah but they are come on but there 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 are necessary parts of skill and there are sort of then if you can do that then you can also do other things you know the the reason ashwin does all of these different things is because his basic stuff is like absolutely iron clad you know then he can he can build on that and he can do he can try out so many other different things kedi just tell me this forget forget all these things okay how people watch this that and all just say like what is your description of the kohli 100 in amdavad great player got a good pitch and just basically it to use tendulkar's favorite favorite place he said it to hang around tendulkar used to say that after every innings you know after every time he made a 100 tendulkar used to say ah, i was just trying to hang around no no if you were to let's say you were to write a 800 piece you know word piece for a newspaper this is Maybe like a tweet you want you want me to say 800 words just now No, no. I mean, no, no. Not uh, just you, the, you the bones of it. The bare bones of what would form the internet. You want people to world. throw their phone at you next time they see you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's also see. There's also. I mean, the fact that this is his first hundred since 2019. Yeah. It it should mean something, right? Like if you say Kohli got a good pitch, made the most of it, hung around. Yeah. It's all. Great. It's all. He's yeah, a great player. I would say, if I was really in the mood, I would say, see, I've been telling you for years, he's a great player. He's been <laughs> playing well, and see, now he played well. You know, how about the counter counter narrative here? Let me offer you a counter one. I think Kohli's struggles are still real. Post COVID, he's not been the same batsman as he was before, and three years is a long stretch of time for us to take take the record reasonably seriously. And if it's been sub, tests. yeah, twenty three tests is reasonably long. If there, he's been subpar. it is reasonable to pose a question is he in decline and one flat wicket doesn't change that narrative we we need more evidence to convince ourselves of otherwise i don't know there's been maybe two flat wickets in the 23 tests uh, that he's played especially the ones he's played in india okay, okay. maybe just to clarify that's not my opinion i'm just saying it could also be spun that way yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. look you one one okay one way to one way to understand this is that imagine a series where you know two or three out of the four pitches are closer to amdabad than they are to nagpur okay and then you will probably not have ashwin averaging 15 you will probably have ashwin averaging 23 you know but you will still have the batsman averaging 40 like three or four batsmen on each side averaging 40 you know and these guys will have uh, all bat batting averages and runs and what not you know this is basically the test cricket of the of the 2000s you know where you know kumble was really really great bowler and he used to average 25 26 in the 2000s and you know harbhajan singh was almost as good and he used to average 26 27 and then india didn't have very much bowling after that but you know the pitches were such that you know they would average whatever 25 26 27 and the batsmen would score runs and then you would have one one draws and you would have uh, you know two nil wins and you would have the occasional one two loss and so on but now it's different no i mean you have these pitches where you know the bowlers are not going to average 25 26 they are going to average 20 and josh when you're going to average 17 or 16 or something like that you're going to go for two runs and over and <coughs> so 
then the batsmen are not going to average 45 yeah so the pitches have been a huge factor i don't think uh, too many indian teams would have gone through such a long stretch playing on these kind of challenging wickets for batters and you know it's it's not just away from home i mean away from home they've had uh, very very difficult pitches on in across conditions but even at home i mean you talk about uh, even if you can talk about like series against uh, uh, the sri lanka series or you know where india comfortably won but still it was not easy it was not easy to bat on uh, uh, all those wickets it was nowhere close to you know just hanging around and scoring 100 and and kohli i mean so harbhajan singh was me, right so harbhajan singh was right when he said in our days the pitches were flat but these days pitches are so venomous that anybody can turn their arm over and get 40 wickets harbhajan singh has been vindicated is that what no, no, it is it is right but even if ashwin played in that era he would probably average 5 to 7 runs lesser than harbhajan so sorry i don't know i don't know how 5 uh, to 7 what? is a bit no, not 5 to 7 maybe 3 to 5 Three, three, four, something. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. Ashwin is the better bowler. Also, Ashwin has. I mean, the the fact that they miss is also that forget the pitches. The fact is, Ashwin has a superior opening attack, man. I mean, that is. Uh, I mean, that to be however great uh, Ashwin as a bowler is, that is a huge advantage for him compared to Kumble and Harpajan. They never had uh, this kind of quality coming before them, uh, taking out the openers and. No, but, okay, no, no. There, there is some problem with this argument, right? Like the same argument, for instance, you could have used for Shainwan versus Kumble, which was never used. No, no. But the, okay, okay. The same argument tilted that the other way around. Murli Dharan didn't have any support. Then they said, okay, there's only 20 wickets to take, and Shainwan had to compete for 20 wickets with Megra, Gillespie, and others, whereas Murli had all the 20 wickets for himself. Therefore, he had a more bloated record. So this no, can no, be spun in any which way. That, no, but that, that, that argument I don't about. agree with. Then, then yeah. there's no question. Murli is the greater bowler, right? But we don't give that because we always have this argument to say, no, Rashid Mohan is equally great. No, but great. Uh, that that argument about Murli would work if he if he averaged like 34 and took 800 wickets. You know, but he averaged 22 and took 800 wickets. You know, that's that's how you still have to be good to average 22. No, no, there's no doubt. But the counter argument is Shainon is equally good, and if he was playing in in Murli's place, he would have had a similar record. That's the argument. But I, I, you know, you can spin it both ways. I, I'm not. No, no. The thing is, Ashwin is the greater bowler. No, absolutely no doubt about it. I'm just adding to the. I'm just saying that Harbhajan would be better off uh, with the arguing about this about this rather than arguing about pitches, because this would actually. We probably a more credible argument saying you know he had better fast bowlers. No, 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 no. Your point is valid. Your point is valid. His agenda was to prove that he was better than Ashwin. Maybe his agenda is not there. His agenda is simply saying that I just played in harder wickets. That's it. The the same thing when Kumble and Harbhajan used to get a lot of wickets in India. The same thing that was told that the spinners of the seventies used to say is that pitches don't get wickets, bowlers get wickets. So it's all every every no, era. I remember Harbhajan Har- after that epic series against Australia in two thousand one. Prasanna made a comment. I think yeah. he what he got thirty two wickets or something. He said thirty yeah, two wickets no bad and not one bold and not no no lot of bad pad. Not one bold and not one caught. Oh yeah, he didn't deceive him in the air, right? Like that's the yeah. or one one something like that. Very minority of the wickets were actually classical off spinners dismissal. Uh, so it's as always been. It's a tradition that's been going on for generations. Yeah yeah yeah. Every era of bowlers will find a way to you know 
prop them away see and that is bound to happen man i mean like uh, you like you know uh, wasim and wakar are going to accept if two such great pakistani bowlers come as if they are going to accept that they are greater than them the same thing it's like come on yeah but so, that's why uh, you need that's why you need to actually study the record and study the line and length and study ball tracking and do all this and actually do some like describe the cricket for what it is no instead of saying that oh this guy very important i understand, I understand. people people, people, people watch cricket as a distraction from work he's saying oh, do more work to watch cricket yeah. people just people want to go like, and uh, tweet man and get followers you're giving them homework now what is this <laughs> what study the record do long division do integral calculus and what nonsense we finished school we are we are watching cricket for entertainment have i told you this like 10000 times now <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh the one thing about kohli though i want just to finish up this kohli point the my favorite part of this kohli innings was between when the first when he finished the third day on uh, 58 or 62 or something uh, basically he was uh, he finished the day like in the early part and then he went to the 100 the next morning right so between that that whole morning he didn't score a single boundary so he reached 100 uh he scored nearly about 50 runs without a boundary that was my favorite part because there were many balls you're looking and you're like dude virat kohli can easily slam this man he can hammer this ball what is he doing defending but there was this the way he was playing i mean it was like he wanted to eliminate all risk it was like okay i have basically this many balls to play it's like one these guys are giving me a net session let me just nicely practice 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 my defense all after a point the defense started getting even more like we have a flourish and all he was playing defense with a flourish he was like uh, you know just something is like thoroughly seemed to be enjoying that moment can, uh, can i add first time i'm days, so close to this interjection here yeah in my days uh, in my days when the best batsman in the team does it on a flat wicket it would be called selfish now you are saying it's compelling to watch <laughs> I mean, it's compelling to watch because Australia. See, I'll tell you what. When it would have been called selfish, it would have been called selfish if India were batting first. But the fact that Australia batted first and scored four eighty, and India were ahead in the series. Just imagine a situation, dude. When India are two one down in a home series, you get this wicket, and on the first, India bat first and Kohli bats like this. You would have got slapped. You would have got absolutely slapped. But Sorry, the, sta- the standards against which the best batsman no? in the team is judged is, is lowered really over generations. <laughs> Kartikeya you're talking about Nagpur I think yeah it happened in Nagpur in 2012 no? yeah it did yeah 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 and then uh, dhoni dhoni is like i think in uh england batted for like 200 overs for 350 or something like that yeah joe root's debut I remember that match so well that i don't remember any of it so as ashoka said i saw it but i didn't see it so um yeah uh that uh, cameron green we haven't touched upon him the i mean we haven't touched upon the, the both the 23 year olds cameron green and shubman gill the future of uh, border gavaskar trophy who said they are not good we did we say they are not good why you going on telling us why does it require great cricketing intelligence to say shubman gill is good and green is good come on no but i shubman said gill, i told you i told you they are as good as their predecessors See, I will give you a counter to your point about this selection. If if KL Rahul had been picked for all four tests, KD, you would have been fine with it, right? You would have said the selectors are giving are 
yeah you would have been fine with it but then you would have you would have not got the shubman gill 100 no which could have which is you could have, you started have got a, a process yeah we would have got a kl rahul 100 big deal i am i don't care about process and all that Uh, no, so okay I, can, can I, I have to ask sure. you this question i'm not sure kl rahul would have made a 100 here even kl rahul is not sure. of course he would have made a 100 kohli made a 100 anybody would have made a 100 <laughs> <No. laughs> just That's, now this guy said he's a great batsman now suddenly he's putting him down i know but he hasn't made a 100 no for like 4 years oh, sorry we lost the two listeners that we had eventually <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, okay, okay. Kedi has his. Kedi has two arguments about this batting and selection, right? One is like it doesn't matter who you pick. That's that comes from the fact that he doesn't care about batsmen, which is fine. But he also has his other argument about the fact that selectors are experts and they know what they're talking. But you listen to Chris Shrikant talking about this Australian batting lineup as a problem. Then, you know, and he was Wait, the chairman of selectors. Chris Chris Shrikant screaming into his YouTube video that you what you're talking about, not Chris Shrikant actually talking like like a normal person. <laughs> we don't know like the public sort of uh, uh, communication that we had of shrikant doesn't particularly give me the confidence that when he was the chairman of selectors he had factored all these things in before he took a decision i, I mean i'm not taking a dig at any of them i'm just saying this your efficient market hypothesis is is quite problematic when it comes to the expertise of selectors but it's not a efficient market hypothesis no it's a it's basically a hypothesis that they are generally going to make good decisions because they have very good raw material to go with you know they they are going to make acceptable decisions almost all of the time nearly uh, not almost all the time all of the time you know so uh, because they know how to judge players and they know all the records and they watch all the players and they are paid to make these decisions and they do i mean there is a pattern it's not that the selection is not arbitrary you can see that from who gets selected No, but there's also it's also great. It's also is it fair to say that okay, this was good that they got Shubman Gill. He made a hundred. It's good so for his career. They, it was since yeah, of course it's good for his career. He got to bat on a flat pitch and he made a hundred. Good for him. I mean, ironically, KL Rahul also started his innings on a flat pitch and got a hundred in 2015 at Sydney. Yeah, but it it's is it fair to call this? a good selection is what of i'm course, saying or you will selection. call everything a good selection of course of yeah. course I'll absent okay. evidence to the contrary i'll call everything a good selection because that's what it is because it's a it's a anyway a suboptimal choice no it cannot be shown to be anything other than a suboptimal choice any selection so yeah i i, I get it what what about uh, but what did you make of the innings though i mean apart from the fact that it was 100 on a flat pitch i i i liked watching i liked watching it yeah he's a but, good player uh, he, and he seems to evoke this kind of uh, you know some sort of magic in certain people like i was reading gideon hay about him i'm like gideon hay is just like raving about him as if he's like uh, you know there is a line that he says he says uh, this could be the first of several hundreds for shubman gill and test cricket and if that is not true then nobody knows anything about cricket or something like that and i'm like yeah. oh this is like a different level of but that's that's what he is no he is that good i did i don't know i think i have a tweet from some two years ago where you know which says that shubman gill is going to play 100 test for india i think he's he is he's that good what you know just catches the eye immediately is that the time that he seems to have and why and so, i don't know it's like compared to the other players he just 
how does he get that extra time is it because of the technique of the way he's uh, approaching the ball is it the way his stance he how, has talent early. he has talent your talent no he reached the length early <laughs> remember remember talent from 10 no, years that's, ago no that's true but i think it's also got to do with his stance i think a large part of that uh, comes comes because of his stance that that visual appeal is also to do with the uh, manner in which he's actually uh, approaching the ball visual appeal and all i cannot debate i know this this this, this <laughs> goes into like what oh, pujara is ugly and kill is elegant and you know tall guy no, no, i don't think short, short guys are pujara is ugly squalid and all that you know like like i think if I, i think for, it's okay example, kd sometimes you can talk about things even though you can't prove it it's okay <laughs> like for, for example like you know i don't know i i, I you know if it <coughs> I don't like it's all these are acquired tastes yeah. I mean you know yeah that's true like as Mukul Keswan said he looks like Gregory Peck at the crease so maybe maybe we'll we'll put that it down is, to that that is what people are saying he's elegant so in a few years he's going to be have this reputation of being elegant you know it's like Wengserker you know people used to say that he was elegant and so people are going to sort of it's going to be a con- part of the conventional wisdom about Wengserker just yeah. as it's a part of the conventional wisdom about you know losing captains being defensive and I, i really like uh, what kd has done here he said people said something about wenserker who is a bombay player and <laughs> elegant and he did not say the other bombay player who people very recently said elegant talented and all that that name he is avoiding so yeah, because really that name because that guy is hitting straight to cover no and getting out no no sorry going back to shubman gill you 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 are right right i mean there are so many play people particularly ex players who get so excited about gill and that's been true like for instance if you remember said we the chat that we had with uh, amol mazumdar uh, we just yeah. mentioned shubman gill i mean you could see his eyes light up he said and Yeah, Shuddha Ghi, he said, like, you know, just, he's just so pure. And and one of the points that he made is that, you know, so, there have been some tweaks in his game now. But when he first met him in NCA, when he was a junior guy who came there, he says, you know, there's a certain geometry that we draw about uh, how batting sh- batsmen should approach batting. This guy was just precise, every point in place. And then he asked him who taught him the game. He said, my dad. He says, it doesn't matter. Tomorrow, whoever comes and tells you, even the greatest batsman comes and tells you to change something, do not change without checking with your dad. He's, he's just done a great job with you. And, and that's just one example, right? Just the, it, even Simon Duhl has talked about it during the Under-19 World Cup. There have been quite a lot of promising batsmen who've come through the ranks. But I, I can't imagine anybody since Sachin, for instance, evoking this level of uh mainstream uh, uh aura around uh, around a very young cricketer and who's not set the world on fire right i mean he's had uh, his, his starts but he's not really set the world on fire i can't imagine anybody but but sachin who was given this sort of a welcome to international cricket no and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's plays shots that are not that uh, common to see i mean there is yeah. prithvi shaw plays a lot of shots and he's a very very good player but Uh, a lot of what you see is what you've seen before i think shubman gill is a large part of that uh, impression is created because he's playing the kind of shots that very few like you don't see people playing on a regular basis there was this like cover drive that he played which was like an extraordinary shot i think it was off cameron green or something like that and it you know it's like it's like kohli's um, 
sort of straight drives that he would that he plays with the horizontal bat right like it's it's an, uh, that's another sort of very very unique kind of kohli signature shot that he has he basically brings the bat down horizontally but he's still hitting straight so that kind of geometry is uh, with gill is also i think causing the the orgasms <laughs> and he's a great back foot player which which indians have always been weak for right i mean when someone is someone is as good as him uh, on the back foot it it, it exercises in a way that nothing else does uh and uh, in terms of his elegance i think he also remains still for like for longer than pretty much every other batsman uh, and that gives you the illusion of extra time uh i mean even for spinners the way i mean pujara also doesn't like come out before the ball is delivered uh but with gill the movement is like absolutely nothing zero till the ball is delivered and when he when he goes out it's just beautiful to watch beautiful as in it's it's not just beautiful it's just interesting to watch a batsman who's who's got this supreme confidence about his technique even before he's can kind of establish himself you you don't see him making too many tweaks uh, about his batting and uh and that goes back to the fact that that i i believe his his raw materials are always in place yeah so um <clears throat> which uh, brings me actually to a point that we haven't touched about touched on which is pretty odd given that it happened right in the beginning of the test match this was uh, this great uh, political uh, uh, rally that we had now the thing is there are two things that i want to bring up one is uh you know i know for a fact that there were uh few reporters who had very strong views about this few reporters in ahmedabad who had sort of wanted to express their views on what was happening and you know uh, both uh, as news as well as opinion but were not allowed to uh, express it by their publications so this is uh, obviously a trend that we know exists in the indian mainstream media over the last several years uh, you know across the polit- politics and business and every other field but it's pretty clear now that uh, the cricket media is also equally you know affected uh, on a regular basis this is not the first instance and it won't be the last where uh, you know there is a brazen uh, political sort of spectacle happening in front of you but you are not allowed to really say anything that you want to say in fact the most uh, uh most of the news that has been reported about uh, you know the modi albanese event has been from the foreign press and uh, uh, the guardian and the australian and several, several other places and okay there have been voices like sharda ugra and uh, mukul kesavan who have written about it ramchandra guha has spoken about it but very few number 2 i mean this is not necessarily like a political i mean of course you can take issue with the politics of it and everything else but this is also like a primarily a, i have a problem with it purely as a cricket fan because this is being branded as this test it was that whole charade if you may call it so was branded as 75 years of friendship for india and australia okay now india and australia share a really rich and deep cricketing relation for many indians australia the, the only thing that they associate with australia for a very long time was cricket of course over the years you've had immigration a lot of indians live there now indians visit there as tourists etc so they they know more of australia now but for many many years the only thing you knew about australia was cricket and players like neil harvey richie beno alan border mark taylor shane warne they're all like beloved of several indians and the same thing in the other side you know with uh, tendulkar and uh, all these players in the 70s bishan bedi was a really popular uh, 
a player in when he went there into when he went to australia and to then reduce that really deep and cherished bond to like two politicians two heads of state going around in a chariot in the field is like purely from a point of view of a cricket fan is ridiculous and why celebrate india australia cricket by presenting yourself a, a photograph of present being presented a photograph of yourself why is jay shah the most powerful man in the bcci presenting the prime minister of india with a photograph of the prime minister why can't he present him a photograph of uh, shane warm or alan border after wait, wait, the wait you just said you said jay shah the most powerful man in bcci presented a photo of the most powerful of, man in the country uh, to the most powerful man in the country so that makes perfect sense i mean that's what you do right that makes absolutely perfect sense in in north a korea completely different context other than a cricket match this is what i'm saying <laughs> you they, they need not do that in a cricket match so there is border gavaskar no, no, hang on the trophy is named after there is wait i am in a i am in a very deeply unfortunate position of you know not wanting politics not wanting to see politics in a cricket field but also absolutely loving chariots so now it's a very delicate position i don't know what to do because if there is one no. two things that i want to see is crickets and chariots which i got on that day but uh, you know now i don't it's know it's one thing there's a fine difference by the way between seeing politics on a cricket field and seeing cricket needlessly entering into a political arena and that is the very fine difference that you have i mean i totally understand all this argument of you know cricket has always been political politicians have always got involved sharad pawar was the president all that i understand the queen used to shake hands with all the players that was an annual tradition all that i understand but going around the field two heads of state going around the field in a chariot before the first day of a test match come on man i mean there has to be some point where you decide that the game is too uh, you cherish the game too much to have these kind of uh, intrusions like what is going on over here so anyway i mean I, I, again this is entirely a cricketing point i'm sure many of our listeners listening to this podcast have their own political views and some of you may be in favor of uh, the party in power some of you may not be but this is my concern is with the fact that a test match between two countries with a really deep bond has been reduced to this i mean i think as cricket fans they can there's a very valid reason to have a problem with this yeah but so, a, this is a tv spectacle no i mean the the, the business of heads of government are uh, you know showing up at the cricket uh, there's a long tradition of this i mean the australian prime minister does commentary at the sydney test i know i know i, I just said uh, that right know. now no yeah and that's fine politicians want to be associated with popular things and you know the indian prime minister and the australian prime minister are no exception i mean come on i i think the i think the far more insidious thing in cricket from a cricket point of view what you are talking about the cricketing point of view is this business of players coming out and standing to attention for a national anthem at the start of a test match or start of a one day match start of an international match you know this never used to happen you know the first oh, thing oh, was you you go to the ground and you have both captains walking out to the toss and the toss gets done then they walk back then 5 minutes later the first cheer goes out when the umpires walk out then you know second cheer goes out when the when the fielding side is led out by the fielding captain the third cheer goes out when the batsmen come out that's it that's the beginning of the test match 
you know yeah, that, yeah. That, that that is the point because usually now, this national anthem business is usually in a test series this national anthem business happens only in the first test but in this case it happened even in the fourth test this was like yeah, an exception but, created yeah but it happened even in the last time no when we were in australia india were in australia it happened i mean it's not it's i think it's happened because of tv you know it's a it's something for tv to fill its fill the time with between the uh, in the 30 minutes between the toss and the and and the, no, and the sort we, of we know, we know why it's happening but we can't yeah. criticize so, it right so anyway so these are the points that i thought we must raise because uh, this happened in the beginning of a test match and we are reviewing a test match and uh, you know uh, yeah i think it is, the it whole thing is awful i mean i think that basically they should do away with all these ceremonies i mean they should just have a toss and they should just have the umpires walking out after that that's it that's how it used to be you know Uh, no wait they wait, hire wait. they hire all these tv guys no but uh, matthew hayden in ridiculous hats and sunil gavaskar in also ridiculous hats you know let them do something no let earn their money in those 20 minutes wait uh, i am actually now once again i am conflicted i don't think things have to go back exactly the way they were i think now i think before a test match we can have two chariots running on either side like ben hur Yeah, yeah, yeah. recreate a scene from ben hur that will get the audience going and then we can do the toss is what yeah. i think i think yeah, see because, because the cricket see, is like boring only no man i mean the the lead up cricket is now become boring now see the entire thing is if you are going to have a show right and this is a show this has no deeper meaning the the entire thing that happened before test match has no deeper meaning it is just a show right and if it's a show all i am asking is make it entertaining that's all i am asking yeah but the, the, the indian and australian pms are not going to show up before every test match no here also what in the end they didn't even stay to watch most of the test match no that is the thing that bothers me even more they got a chance to bloody come and watch and they left yeah because I, that's the whole point no they don't it's not like they are uh, there for the i would have sat and watched there for them. that's why i'll never be prime minister but no <laughs> yeah i mean the, you that, will, that is you will not be prime minister even if you no, no, have want to be the prime, prime minister, minister is an elected position you got to be popular enough <laughs> to win votes which you actively work against anyway uh, yeah people exactly. follow you to scream at you man on Dude, twitter your job is to be your job is to be unpopular man just be you do you do a good job of it so keep at it anyway uh we have said enough about this thing uh the we of course haven't touched upon the uh, world test championship uh, which india and australia are going to play the world test championship final but lots of it can happen before that there is a the greatest tournament on uh, known to man uh, known to mankind is yet to happen and then there could be several injuries there could be uh, anything that could happen and we will do a preview also of the wtc final so we can talk about all that then rohit sharma is definitely going to be injured yeah, rohit sharma is going to be <laughs> injured been, and then he has been fit for four consecutive test matches now this is a world record for him so wait who is india's uh, given the kl rahul is not there who is india's vice captain now there's pujara right pujara Pujara. Oh, so Pujara may captain India. In yeah, Pujara may captain anyone but a bowler. Thank you for uh, joining us through the series. This was uh, good fun to review all the tests. We did a preview. We did uh, a throwback to 2004 before that. So Border Gavaskar trophies are always fun to talk about and uh, builds brings on uh, 
nice excitement about it one more uh, game to go and we'll sort of talk about that too when we get there 81allout.com is our website at 81allout is our twitter handle uh, please rate and review us wherever you follow us on whichever platform really helps that more people can get to know about us uh, we also through the series have got quite a few new listeners and uh, thank you for listening and spread the word uh, you have uh, 150 plus episodes in the archive so you can go back and listen to many of them many of them are timeless and uh, in fact most of them are timeless even the reviews and reviews we try and make sure that we talk about big picture and we don't necessarily get down but get bogged down by the nitigrities so there's lot to take in even now and uh, yeah thank you also for everyone who's been supporting our uh, republication venture uh, the we are republishing cricketing classics from the past that have gone out of print mike parkasi's war minus the shooting uh, which is a travelog slash uh, you know magnificent tour book about the 1996 world cup held in india pakistan sri lanka and also the other book we republished was mike coward's cricket beyond the bazaar which uh, has had quite a few takers during the border gavaskar trophy because it's the history of india australia cricket until the late 80s and also australia's series in the subcontinent pakistan too anyway thank you for joining and uh, we'll see you in about uh, a week's time for the next podcast india have won the series they're going to get back for two india at home lords goes wild